0: This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is.
1: This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, th- playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat
0: breakfast, I'll
1: f***ing pistol. And it's a deep to left check. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Come on. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. To Nick and Foles. it's a touchdown by Nick Foles inside it's Messi! Ah! Ah! Oh! Oh, the out on the winner winner chicken and waffle dinner
0: welcome yes, ladies and gentlemen. gentlemen to the wide open podcast hey everybody wide open sportscast hi say. i'm rick
1: i am feds and welcome back ladies and gentlemen we've uh We've had a little bit of a crazy past month or so here well, you, at the studio. Well, you have. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely been a little crazy, but we finally got time to get behind the mic. And, Rick, how's everything been going for you in our time away?
0: Uh, Everything's been good. Been missing doing this. Uh, definitely. Not, finally moved down New Hope. So that, that, that studio is officially closed.
1: R.I.P. Uh, getting woogie o but... Here we are now broadcasting simultaneously from two studios, one from my own little apartment in Ewing and from Flemington as well by you, Rick.
0: Yeah, man. So uh, how is how is the New York Marathon?
1: Dude, it was an incredible, incredible experience. Um, I loved every second of it, except when you hit the wall past mile 20. Um, my right leg gave out, so I had to force myself to finish the last six miles and excruciating pain. But it was worth every second of it, and, I mean, I'm definitely going to do it again. I just, I still can't believe that I actually did it, <laughs> to be fair.
0: Yeah, congrats, man.
1: But thank you. Yeah, but it's it's official. I am now in the 1% of runners in the world who have run the new york city marathon and finished but the the talking point i actually wanted to bring up was did you see the story around the guy who proposed to his girlfriend on mile 16
0: no i did not what happened there so
1: this girl was running the marathon and at mile 16 her boyfriend jumped the barrier ran into the middle of the road and proposed to her And it started this huge outrage. Like, all these runners were like, can't you wait till the effing finish line? What the hell? She's in the middle of a PR. And, like, SB Nation came out this huge thing, 12 questions for the guy who proposed to his girlfriend at mile 16. It was this huge talking point. It was all over the news and everything. And so many people were ragging on the idea, like, boy, I hope the ring fit from the start. (laughs) She has to run 10 miles with some loose jewelry on her finger. Yeah, right. And there's just so many people saying there's such a better time to do it. But it happened. You've got two pieces of jewelry in a day. You got a medal and you got a ring. Not bad.
0: Oh, so she said yes?
1: Yeah, she said yes. Okay, I got to keep running. Bye. Yeah. So that's I honestly why some honestly, people are like, oh, eh, it's a bad idea.
0: Uh, honestly, that that just seems like the inopportune time to do that. Mm-hmm. I I've, <laughs> Speaking of New York... I've known two two couples in my life they, that someone has proposed at Rockefeller' Center like in the ice during the winter time Same. and both have been divorced afterwards. Oh no <laughs> so, so
1: I where I'm not going. Yeah,
0: so I, I feel like that's just like a very bad starting point. Whatever whatever in New York. Yeah, and I remember a couple years ago I was there with my family, and someone when we were there at Rockefeller Center, someone proposed, and me and my dad looked at each other. And it was like, I wonder how long that one's gonna last.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it seems like the one time that I'd gone, there was a new proposal every fifteen minutes. Like every ten minutes, someone would be like, "Oh wow, you're engaged!" And ten minutes later, "Oh wow, you're engaged! Congratulations!" And then seven minutes later, "Oh wow, another one." <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's I do like, It's like, did, did someone just, are they clapping for the same person three times, or did three different people just get engaged in the same spot?
0: Yeah, I, I understand that, but I would never, ever, ever want to do that. I, I'd want to do that in a private setting.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I guess... That will be in the future, somewhere for both of us, somewhere down the road. But we got some ideas of what to do and what not to do.
0: Yeah, man. So let's uh let's get started about a little bit of football.
1: Yeah. So let's jump into it. We are recording the Wide Open Sportscast on Sunday, November 11th. Happy Veterans Day, and thank you to all of those who have served to keep our freedoms, and all those who have served in our armed forces. It is Veterans Day. Um, 3.47 p.m. in the heart of toward what they call on Red Zone the witching hour of the 1 p.m. games, which for the most part are very, very boring as they're going on right now. Uh, a lot of blowouts here and there. Rick, it is 100 years since the end of World War One.
0: Wow. Yep. I, I didn't even know that. Holy crap.
1: The 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month, 1918. 100 years since the end of World War One.
0: Wow, that's pretty awesome.
1: Um, So, football. um, Rick, we're at the midway point here. What are you seeing as far as some divisional races, some stories you're looking at? I know a story you're obviously looking at is the whole uh, Le'Veon Bell story as a Steelers fan.
0: Yeah, well, interesting thing that just came out was tweeted yesterday that Le'Veon Bell is not expected to show up. Isn't he in t-
1: Pittsburgh at, like, LA Fitness?
0: Yeah, apparently he's... He's being kind of hypocritical. He's He doesn't want to get injured, but he's he's willing to get possibly injured for free while playing pickup basketball. God, uh,
1: L.A. fitness gym class heroes. Never forget it.
0: But, uh, yeah, so apparently he is not planning on showing up, which for me as a Steelers fan right at this moment is perfectly fine.
1: Because, I mean, James Conner has done a great job in his spot.
0: James Don- Connor's done a great job. The only thing – is he did get a concu- He was in concussion protocol mm-hmm. uh, after the game on Thursday, so that's a little bit worrisome. But he has from Thursday till next Sunday to get recovered, so that should be hopefully plenty enough time to recover. But I mean, it would be less controversy because I mean, if he doesn't show up, then there won't be any running back controversy. Like who the hell is going to start?
1: Right. It's so, almost like it's better because you just know. All right, we're going forward. James Connor's a starter versus oh, Le'Veon Bell's here. James Connor, you've carried us through the first nine weeks of the season. Uh, Le'Veon's back. Bye.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I I have no problem with it really. Uh, another another fun storyline is the QB controversy down in the Bucks. I mean, I feel like it's kind of just treading water there. Who Whoever can just lead us to the finish line. Whoever can just get us to the end of the year. And
1: as I turn around on my TV, I see Fitzmagic just throw a pick on the three yard line.
0: Was it a pick or a fumble? I think it was a fumble.
1: It was a fumble. It was a fumble, but. But uh, yeah, I magic mean. Magic turnover.
0: Yeah, no magic there. I, but I mean, you gotta think. What are what are they gonna do next year? Yeah. Like, are definitely. they gonna? Because I mean. Fi- it's gonna be hard to keep Fitzpatrick because he's just so old, and he's not honestly. He had like, he had like a spark of like brilliance at the beginning of the season,
1: against but, the Eagles, of course.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> but besides that, nothing too impressive.
1: No, I would definitely agree with you on that. He's definitely cooled off a lot. It's just Jameis isn't much better. It's, no. Yeah, they're they're in a, they're in a tough spot down there, in Tampa. The currently staring three and six in the face, especially in an NFC South where you have the Saints sitting at eight and one, about to be nine and one if the current games hold from when we're recording. The
0: game, the game just went final.
1: Yeah, so Saints are nine and one. Carolina still sitting pretty at six and three. So that's pretty much an elimination game for the Bucks. They're losing to the Redskins, and you can pretty much put their season to bed. Well, I mean, it, when you're going back and forth between Fitz Magic and Jameis Winston, was your season really started in the first place? Yeah, exactly. When you think about it. Um, how about the Bears, the Bears, um, sitting the Bears, at five and three, about to close in on six and three.
0: You know, at the beginning of the season, I had like going off of last season. I just had no faith in Mitchell Trubisky doing anything, but I mean, he looks good. Uh, They they have weapons. They have so many weapons there. Like it's very like sneaky weapons, too. You don't really talk about their weapons, but they have weapons.
1: And you know what else has helped them, too, is that defense in the last week's game against the Bills. There was like their first few touchdown drives were like 40 yards or less because the defense was getting the ball in such good field position. So, a lot of it, too, is goes to the offense looks good, Trubisky looks good, but that defense is just putting that offense in such good spots to score. It's like, you know, that's why they're doing so well right now. Yeah. I I can't believe the Bills who – let's take a look at some of the Bills' scores here real quick. Um, you look at their season so far. Obviously, they got – Destroyed by the Ravens, they lost to the Chargers, and then out of nowhere they beat the Vikings. Um, get blown out by the Packers, lose, beat the Titans, who are currently beating the Patriots. That'd be huge. Get blown out by the Colts. Get blown out by New England. Get blown out by the Bears, and then they're up thirty-one-three on halftime against the Jets today. They allowed one yard of offense in the first
0: quarter. That's pretty incredible. So, like, uh, like incredible for their wins and incredible for like like how those teams can lose to them. The only team I think is acceptable which they are going to lose to them today is like the Jets. The Jets are in a bad spot.
1: Matt Barkley is 15 for 24 with 230 yards and two touchdowns with still 5 minutes left to go.
0: And and the Jets are supposed to be known for defense. The Jets and the Jaguars, that was like they're big talking points last year. Their defense.
1: And to think last year we said the Jets were going to go 0-16, and they actually turned in a decent season. And then this year we hyped up the Jets. I even said that they could get in as a wild card, and they're about to go to the bottom of the AFC East. They will be 3-7 and with the Bills, but they'll go to the bottom with the division tiebreaker. Yeah, so, exactly. So, like, come on, Jets. Be consistent. <laughs> Help us out here. Um... That NFC North race looks very interesting. Going back to the Bears a little bit, where you got the Bears, uh, the Vikings are right there. The Packers can never count out the Packers. Uh, they lost in the Goat Showdown, uh, Rodgers versus Brady last week. The Packers are three, four, and one, but still, I feel like you can't take them out of it.
0: I, I disagree. I, I seriously you count them out. Yeah, I mean. Aaron Rodgers is is that team and he hasn't been 100% for the entire season. He got injured in the first game. He hasn't been 100%. He's definitely recovered, but he doesn't look 100%. And his receiving core, a lot of it just keeps getting injured. Like Randall Cobb is constantly getting injured now. So there's not really anything there. Uh, The Vikings are are just really good. They've They've just only had a few bad losses. Yeah, Adam
1: Thielen is on another level.
0: Yeah. They had had a few bad losses, obviously, like we just said before, to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, And they lost to, what was it, Uh, New Orleans, which is hard for them to to beat New Orleans.
1: Yeah, that looks like a phenomenal New Orleans team. And then they lost to the Rams.
0: Yeah, which is so also. They two, two
1: quality losses.
0: Yeah, like it's. Like it wouldn't be. It wasn't surprising that they lost. It was more surprising against the Rams how much of a gun show that was, because I would think both of those defenses would show up a little bit more, but that was more of a gun show.
1: Yeah, and it's weird because they were saying how the Rams defense was going to be locked down, but I feel like the storyline has been the Rams offense. And mm-hmm. then when they needed that big time defense to step up, look what happened against the Saints last week.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so, who are you picking in the still-close NFC
0: East? Still-close NFC East. We got the
1: Redskins East. are about to go the 6-3. and three. They're about to beat the Bucks. Uh Eagles 4-4, four and four. they take on Alistair. the Cowgirls tonight. Giants are done.
0: Yeah, they're tanking. They're, they're, um,
1: they're pretty bad. <laughs> they are pretty bad.
0: So, yeah, the Giants are tanking, so that's not even cons- – consideration uh dallas uh, honestly they they looked pretty damn good with amari cooper there so i mean that that may be like a run for the money at the end there type thing
1: but they also still uh, other than the jaguars game they failed to put up more than 20 like i think they've only put up more than 20 points in like two of their last however many games it's they don't have a good stat with that the only time they've gone over 20s, they beat the Cowboys 26-24, and then they blew out Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's going to be between Washington and Philly. Washington, surprisingly, seems like it has a be- much better defense than Philly does. Philly yeah, that came I mean, out of nowhere. Well, I mean, Philly, it, it kind of looks like their age is showing a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I would definitely agree with Philly on the offensive line. Yeah, like. You know, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, especially Jason Peters can't stay on the field.
0: Exactly. I mean, I I just feel like they they're starting to show their age. I mean, they they did the impossible with a backup QB that is not like a Tom Brady S backup QB
1: Super Bowl hangover.
0: Exactly. So it's going to be between the two of them. And I think it's really up to the Redskins. If the Redskins are able to hold out and just, like, continuously... Because they're not scoring a lot, but they're beating their opponents.
1: Yeah, their defense looks really good.
0: Yeah, so... Well, when you look bud- at the
1: schedules going ahead, you got Philly has Dallas tonight. I'm If the Eagles don't beat Dallas by a lot, I'm going to be pretty upset. Because I feel like that's an inevitability, almost. Um, Sunday night in Philly, Eagles in black, I feel like it'll be a good win for the Eagles but then Philly goes to New Orleans tough game obviously not gonna be uh, betting on them there then they're home for the Giants if they lose that they don't deserve to make the playoffs and then they go home Washington in Dallas in LA home Houston
0: LA Rams or LA Chargers LA Rams Okay, yeah, so they they have a. They definitely don't have
1: an easy road. The Eagles, to me, they had their chance in the early season when they had, like, the Titans and the Bucks and those teams. Like, their second half of the schedule was definitely much harder. And they kind of let it slide there because when you look at the Redskins now, the Redskins are about to be the Bucks. Then they go Texans in Washington to Dallas at Philly for a Monday night game home against the Giants, at Jacksonville, at Tennessee, home against the Eagles. That Week 17 game, that last week, could decide the NFC East. But I think the Redskins definitely have the easier road. It's just can oh they yeah, manage it.
0: Yeah. I that, say, Saying those two schedules back-to-back to each other, Like it almost, I mean, I'm sorry to say this, it almost just seems like the Redskins have it in the bag. But is now they,
1: the question is, what is uh, Philly going to do with Golden Tate?
0: You don't know. Yeah,
1: I only one way it. to
0: find out tonight. Exactly. <laughs> it's
1: funny, like, they were saying about how he's all about Philly. Like, he loves the place, and he's going to be – he wants to go on a tour with a new Philly athlete we're going to go over in a little bit. Um, So, we'll see. Hopefully, he really, really helps us. Um, But we'll see. And, dude, how good are the
0: Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, they they look like – actually, honestly, I was going to say they uh, a few weeks ago, they looked like the team to beat. Uh, I think New Orleans is the team to beat. I, if I mean, Dez
1: stayed healthy, yeah.
0: I no, I disagree because they were doing it without Dez.
1: Mm-hmm. So well, I meant, I meant, yeah, they're the team to beat. But just imagine if they got Dez and kept Dez healthy. Like I agree with you. I feel like they really look like the team to beat. But imagine if they had Dez, they'd really be the team to beat.
0: Yeah, and I mean they just destroyed Cincinnati. Uh, they have Philly next week. They have Atlanta, who looks shaky as all hell. Then they have Dallas, Tampa Bay, who looks shaky as all hell. Carolina Carolina is going to be a little bit challenging for them. Actually, their last three weeks, they have Carolina, then Pittsburgh, then Carolina. Those are two teams there that they're facing the last three weeks that can really sling the ball. Mm-hmm. So that, that's going to be a little bit tough for them at the end. But, I mean, they're gonna they have five games where they can most likely win.
1: And the Falcons three game win streak was just ended by none other than the Cleveland Browns
0: Cleveland Browns and they're
1: <laughs> the final score twenty eight sixteen Cleveland <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that's they they are able to win like the stupidest games
1: like that one
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, now the, now how about the Falcons, fact that the
1: Browns just win a game, but <laughs> how about the fact that they find the way to win stupid games? How about the fact that now they just find way to win games?
0: I mean, they have a good team. They just need to get their shit together.
1: That's an understatement.
0: Like, I mean, they, they have good quality players. Like, I mean, you cannot deny that they have good quality players.
1: No, I definitely agree with you on that.
0: As long as if they get a head coach, like the, the Oklahoma guy, possibly. Mm-hmm. Like if they get in, then I mean, they're going to be in a good, sh- good space. Because I mean, right now, I mean, they had Hugh Jackson for th- three years, and he won what, like three games? Yeah, like maybe. that's pitiful. Like, he had he, out of like forty games, he won three. That's pitiful. Like he shouldn't have been there that long. And, At one
1: point, they were one thirty-one and one.
0: On na- that, yeah, tenure. And now they're like, they're just trying to tread water with none other than. Uh, Mr. Target himself, Greg Williams, or yeah. Greg, whatever his fuck name, Greg, two G's, <laughs> three G's, actually. So, I don't see them getting too much farther, but I mean, they're winning. They like not not they don't have a winning schedule, but they won, so they are way ahead of what they were last year,
1: which is good. But- I think you had said it you as a Steelers fan you want the Browns to be good to give some credibility back to the NFC uh, to the AFC north
0: yeah well I mean they need to have a winning schedule once they have a winning schedule there will be such a credibility to the sport
1: now Rick here's my question for you midseason awards I'm gonna we're gonna go through a few here Give me your offensive and defensive. Player of the Year, your MVP, and your Rookie of the Years for offense and defense. If you had to give me your MVP at this point, who would you say?
0: Uh, Well, offense, I think, would be Pat Mahomes.
1: For Player of the Year, yeah. I'd say him or Breeze.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, for me, the sole fact of it is, like, we were not expecting this from him. Like, we knew he was going to be good. We thought it was going to take. Uh, a year or two to develop. We did not think that this was going to be anything out out of the ordinary like this. Uh, defense of the year or I defense Cleo of- Mac. Cleo Mac, yeah. Um, I mean, he's Whereas been he had injured. a
1: strip sack and a fumble recover recovered in like his first four or five games. Yeah, right. I mean, I, yeah, he- I, I got to give that to Cleo Mac.
0: Yeah, he. He has to have some. He has to be there. Um, T.J. Watt is another one. I mean, just for me, uh, that sticks in my mind. But um,
1: Saquon for offensive player of the uh, rookie of the year.
0: Uh, Saquon, uh, yeah, de- I would, I would definitely give it to uh, Saquon. Then maybe Baker Mayfield. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Baker Mayfield is doing pretty decent. He uh, has
1: a better winning record than Saquon does right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I at the beginning of the year, I would have said Sam Darnold, but he doesn't seem to be showing up doing I mean, so well.
1: I, I honestly feel like that's like a case that Carson Wentz had where he just has no weapons. When you, you look at who the Jets have around him, you're Ooh. like, was this guy flipping burgers last week? Like, you really got to wonder. Like So, here's some of their players from today. Their current leading rusher is Elijah McGuire, followed Maybe by Trenton that's... Cannon.
0: Maybe that is.
1: And then, um, Cralwell and Josh McCown as a carry for four yards. Then, let's go to their receiving core. Christopher Herndon fourth, is their Ooh. leading receiver right now. The only name I really remember on this list is Quincy Inunua and Jermaine Kirsten. Otherwise, I couldn't tell you how any of these people are for the Jets. And I feel like it wasn't that bad for Wentz. Like, he still had, like, Jordan Matthews. He still had a Darren Sproles. He still had Zach Ertz. But they weren't really that proven yet. Where I feel like Darnold's just in a situation, he has no one helping him on that team. Even more so than the situation Wentz was in when he first got to Philly. Like, he has nothing helping him at all. And the defense didn't show up today either because they let up forty one points to the Bills.
0: Yeah, that's pretty bad. Who's your MVP? Um I I mean we I think we said it before. Like it has to be either Drew Brees or Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. At this moment. It's one of those. How about Gurley? Um, I mean he, he he's definitely should be considered. Uh, it's just hard for me. If, he, if he's not putting it up, like, 200 yards a week, I mean, he's damn, damn close. Yeah. he's not doing that, then I, I don't see him over Pat Mahomes or Drew Brees. Because, I mean, the stats behind those two are just stupid. And the
1: argument against Gurley is that, well, he look at the team he has around him. He has a Cooper Cup. He's got Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Jared Goff. Yeah. That team is loaded. Where Mahomes, I mean, he's got weapons at... Um, Kansas City but I would say definitely not as much as the Rams do I feel like the Rams offensively have more weapons than anyone else in the league and then Drew Brees is just Drew Brees yeah you know there's no other way to put it breezy it always makes it look easy exactly So, so that is the midpoint of our NFL season can you believe it already we're halfway through the NFL season already always comes and goes so quickly. Um you can reach out to us with <coughs> some of our football talk at wide open sportscast. Um follow us there on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes and Tune In and don't forget to tweet at us at wide open underscore sports. Rick, can I please lead us into our next topic?
0: We're a little we're a little delayed on it, but yeah, go ahead.
1: The Boston Red Sox are world champs, baby. Cue the duck boats. The Boston Red Sox are 2018 World Series champions. Nothing says... We're a little late, but we got it it. Yeah,
0: nothing says Boston like duck boats and broken trophies.
1: Yeah, so that's actually in today's final drive. That was actually funny. Um... Rick, what do you make of the Red Sox season this year? I mean, obviously, they were the best team in baseball this year, finished with the best record, best, best season statistically in Red Sox history, most wins in franchise history. Um, kind of just breezed through the playoffs, in my opinion. The only real sweat I got were in the first two games of the, of the series. Obviously, the Yankees got one in uh, Fenway. And I'm sure you saw Alex Khoris' quote when he was like, oh, no, we lost game two and the Yankees tied and we're going to New York and we're done. It's going to be over. And then we scored 16 runs in Yankee Stadium. Suck on it. (laughs) Um, With the continual Red Sox antagonizing the Yankees. Fucking hysterical, by the way. Because this is my argument, all right? Because I know – I don't know if you have this opinion, but a lot of people are saying, well, why are you so obsessed about the Yankees? Why are you so obsessed about the Yankees? First off, it's funny as hell because the Yankees were picked to win the World Series this year. They got – and they were like, all right, it's over. The evil empire is back. And then we win the division in Yankee Stadium. We knock them out of the playoffs – in Yankee Stadium, and then go on to win the World Series when they were projected to win. You know, and every single person listening to this podcast knows for a damn fact, besides for a Yankees fan, you're probably not going to say this because you're just crazy and dumb, whatever. If the Yankees did that, if the Yankees won the division in Fenway Park, if the Yankees eliminated the Red Sox in Fenway Park and went on and won the World Series, we would never hear the end of it. Tell me I'm wrong. Mm, Tell me I'm me wrong.
0: wrong. I, I you would never but, hear but, the but end also, of it. But also at the same time, like looking at their angle, you're never gonna let them hear the end of it. And knowing you, knowing you, how you like throwing shit in people's face for your teams. Oh, I'm gonna you're, absolutely you're, love you, this you, dude. you. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean. Yeah, you're going to do it, but they would have done it too. It's the so. other
1: side of the rivalry. I'm obviously – right now I'm on the good side of the rivalry right now. But they were saying – some guy was saying on the radio the other day, it's um, funny, he was around our age and grew up with the 90s Yankees and the early 2000s Yankees. It was always the Yankees winning, beating Boston and whatever. Now his, he has kids and they're growing up in the alternate universe here where the Red Sox are the ones who are always winning. Um, but obviously very, very happy Red Sox go on to win the world series. What did you think of this baseball season overall, Rick?
0: Um, I honestly, like it became so lopsided, especially, especially at the all-star break, it became so lopsided that it wasn't my favorite one. Like the only, the only reason why I would watch it is say like the Mets were really, like we're really competitive, which they weren't. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that great for me. I mean, because obviously,
1: again, I feel like Boston, Houston, and the Yankees were just all over the rest of the league this year. Uh huh. So at least the NL pennant race got interesting. Mm uh-huh. hmm. You know, with all those divisional races and stuff.
0: Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the NL pennant race that that was fun to watch. That was probably the best oh. one. Because, I mean, the World Series, for me as a fan, obviously for you it was perfectly fine, but for me as a fan, it was pretty lopsided. And totally understandable.
1: I can understand
0: that. And it should have been, like, on paper, it was lopsided, but you always hope that it'd be a little bit more competitive.
1: I just think that... I think Alex Cora just gave Dave Roberts a lesson in managing... I just There were so many questions I had, like Dave Roberts going with his all-righty lineup, going with analytics and stuff. You have last year's NL MVP on the bench for most of the World Series. Yeah. Like I, kept, I kept looking at him like, where's Bellinger? And he's afraid with analytics and statistics, he's not playing them. You get to the World Series, don't, analytics don't matter. You play your best players when you're in the World Series. Um the the only real game I felt like where things got really interesting was that game uh, that game 3 marathon. And obviously huge risk by Cora playing Eovaldi for that entire time, but the Dodgers saw that out. And I think if the Dodgers win game 4 and they didn't let the Red Sox rally like they did, I think the Dodgers may have gone on and won it. Yeah. Because that they just they took all of them momentum and energy out of boston with that long late night game and then they're up on him again and then chris sale had his freak out and the red sox started hitting the ball again
0: mm-hmm. yeah so but i mean it, it turned out to the best for your ability and now what we get to look forward to is the off season and honestly now, off, off season for baseball is is always one of the best off seasons and Rick,
1: which team do you think has the biggest offseason ahead?
0: Biggest offseason ahead. Uh, well, there's there's many different questions. I can first off, obviously the big the big one is Bryce Harper, and right behind that is Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. I think I think we gotta talk about it in this way, like who who is going to go after these players? Uh, Bryce Harper obviously is looking for a lot of money. He is a big market player. 400 million. So, he's looking for 400 million, and the teams that can pay that and probably need a generational star like this would be like the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Cubs, and there could be a couple other teams mixed You're in there. You're never
1: going to rule out the
0: Yankees. I would kind of rule out the Yankees just because their out their outfield is already ridiculously stacked, mm-hmm. and Bryce Harper already turned down a deal for 300 mil- million from the Washington Nationals. So and apparently it th- was
1: nearly dealt to the Astros.
0: Yeah, but I I don't know if he would stay with the Astros though. Like he he was almost dealt at the at the deadline to the Astros, but why would he stay with the Astros? They wouldn't be the ones paying him. No. So he's he's looking for the big payday. Uh and it would be scary if he went to the Phillies because I mean he'd be staying in the same division, and he'd be facing the Washington Nationals all the time. So that'd be scary for the Nationals. The Nationals fans would probably turn on him because if you stay in the same division, you, you're it's guaranteed that the that the team fans will turn on you. Did you do Almost that with Murph? I did not. Other people did. I did not. 'Cause I I thought we should have paid him. So I I thought we should have paid him. And I, in a way, I honestly, thankfully we didn't because he became very injury prone. Yeah. So and he got traded later to the Cubs for their playoff run. Uh next, I mean Manny Machado. Uh Manny Machado he <laughs> he he's also twenty six. Both of these guys are twenty six. He's not gonna get paid as much as Bryce Harper. But What's scary, especially for you, is I think he's going to the Yankees because the Yankees have D.D. Gregorius, who yeah. is injury prone, and I can see them not signing signing back him. And if they get like they would sign him back, maybe if Machado goes somewhere else. But my my gut feeling, I'm ninety percent sure, going off my gut feeling, that the Yankees are going to land him.
1: I can see it, and it it's just fitting. With the hatred he has for Boston, the rivalry, dude, I can't tell you. I'm texting all my friends. I was like, oh, my God, Machado is going to be the last out. And then the way he struck out, mm-hmm. so sweet, so beautiful. But I, obviously that rumor has been there for a while. I, I do agree with you that Machado is more likely to go to the Yankees than Harper because that Yankees outfield is ridiculous, and they do need a shortstop. I mean, Didi's good, but is he Manny Machado? Yeah. You know, Machado's – you I mean, hate him, but he's an incredible player. And I could, I could see that. Um, I am very interested, too, if the Phillies are going to get Bryce Harper because I feel like the Phillies made a lot of leeway this year. I feel like they improved a lot. You know, mm-hmm. they were just a game or two under five hundred. They were competitive for most of the season. They just – they lost steam and the Braves got hot and just ran away with that division at the
0: end. Yeah. And my, my third my third biggest thing I'm gonna be looking for is kind of the arms race in the l- reliever category. Cause relievers there there's gonna be a, a lot of good free agent relievers this year. Yeah. And a lot of teams need to bolster their, their bullpen. Because a lot of teams, that's where a ton of teams this year failed in their bullpen. So once and even starting pitcher, in a way, too, is, I what is it, uh, J.A. Happ? I mean, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I think he's a free agent. Uh, let's see, Patrick Corbin, 29 years old. He's a good free agent there as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different free agents, as well as also kind of an interesting one. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition, but Clayton Kershaw. He has two years left on his deal, but... He, he can opt out. Yeah, so he
1: asked for an extension.
0: Yeah, so he asked for an extension. So I don't know if there's an opt-out time. I don't honestly. I really don't know that. But if he opts out, then he's got to get an exemption, most likely. So I don't see him playing for any other team until, until like the last two years of his career, other than the Dodgers. Because Dodgers, that that would be that would be a killer. That'd be almost like. How, like, unfortunately, the Washington Nationals have to let go of Bryce Harper. A week ago,
1: Kershaw agreed to a three-year, $93 million deal.
0: Oh, really? Okay. All right. I was
1: going to say, I was double-checking. I was fact-checking that because I was pretty sure. Yeah, he agreed to a three-year, $93 million deal to stay.
0: Okay, never mind. Then I will hold my breath on that. I I can believe it's that.
1: But it's like you said, though. He's still staying in L.A. He's a key to their franchise.
0: You yeah, I to mean, figure
1: it out in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of people thought that Dave Price couldn't figure it out either, but he mm-hmm. pitched pretty decently.
1: My man, I'm so happy for him. My man. Um, so that's some of our baseball. <clears throat> you can, again, find us at Wide Open Sportscast on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and TuneIn. And also, you can find us on Twitter at Wide Open Sportscast. Tell me if you think I'm crazy. Okay. Probably will think that. Um, So earlier we were talking about Golden Tate joining the um, Philadelphia Sports City. Now it's time to jump into another surprise shock trade in Philly that adds to the process. Jimmy Butler is now a Philadelphia 76er after he he harassed the Timberwolves and said, Hey, give me a trade. Get me out of here. I want to be out of here. You know, you fucking need me, and all this other stuff. And now Timberwolves are like, okay, bye, and sent him off to Philadelphia to join Joel, indeed, the Phantom of the Process, and Ben Simmons. Rick, how's that move for the Sixers?
0: Um, I, I, I thought about. It. I know you and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. I thought about it. I, I mean, Philly definitely won that trade, because I mean they had to give up two two players that are kind of Phil players. In a second-round pick. That's, for Jimmy Butler, That that's not too bad.
1: No, because Covington, I think we were saying, is kind of overrated. I know a lot of people like Dario. Um, a lot of people are high on Saric, but Dario or Jimmy Butler, take your pick.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, and the Timberwolves finally getting Jimmy Butler out of there. And apparently, Joel Embiid had reached out to Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and was like, yo, how is Butler when they were considering the trade? And they said he just wants to win. So what it comes down to, it's not like, you know, his attitude or whatever. Like, yeah, he's obviously living in Minnesota in a bad place. He wasn't exactly in the best place when they left the Bulls, but they're saying it just comes down to he wants to win. And... He's definitely joining a team that wants to win.
0: Yeah, that but... He's having a
1: few close calls this year.
0: Well, the only, the only argument I would have against him is that he's a head case. Of 100%. So, so would that cost him anything? I could see it Well, co- I mean, costing Philly anything. Because if he becomes such a horrible head case... Like, it seems like, I mean, preseason this year, he he was a head case completely. I, I can understand that he didn't want to be where he was, but he he was a complete asshole in a way. Yeah,
1: I think it's going to depend on how the Sixers do. I think the reason why the Sixers made that move is because they're not exactly cruising in the East right now. When you look at the Eastern standings, the Raptors, Kings of the East right now, 12-1. and one think they won the uh, Kawhi Leonard to Marta Rosen trade. Um, Giannis the Bucks are off to a phenomenal start. The Bucks beat the Warriors the other night 134-111 but then followed up with a loss to the Clippers. Um, the Celtics it seems like every night the Celtics get caught in like a 15 or 20 point deficit and then they just come out of nowhere and win. Yeah. Which is a trend that's not going that they, they can't carry on for the rest of the year, especially when you're a team that talented with Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie. Like you shouldn't be down twenty points in half your games and have to come back to win. They're sitting at seven and five, but they're much better than that. Mm-hmm. I think it's only a matter of time until they wake up a little bit. So I feel like the Six are seeing now they're in fifth place at eight and six. They're seven and zero oh at home, one and six on the road. I think seeing that they're eight and six, like they're a, they're a five hundred basketball team right now, and they don't want to be that, so they went and got Jimmy Butler, because it's definitely going to give them a catch. Because right now, I, I don't think the Pacers are going to continue. Oladipo's good, but I feel like the Pacers are all on him.
0: I like I I feel like Boston. I'm a little disappointed in
1: Boston. Will figure it out. The Raptors are good. The Bucks have Giannis. There, I feel like Giannis has more to work with with the Bucks, and Giannis is better than Oladipo and what Oladipo has to work with with Indy. Like, Giannis will carry Milwaukee farther based on his talent and his team's talent over Oladipo. And then the rest of the East right now, you got 6-5 and five Detroit. You know, they're decent. Hornets are 6-6. Six and six. And look who's at the 8th spot, the Brooklyn Nets playing 500 basketball. In the Aren't year they just I a- want them to tank for Zion. <laughs>
0: yeah. Aren't they just um, under at six and seven? Yep, they're yeah, seven. just
1: under at six and seven. They um they lost the other night to the Warriors. They lost last night to the Warriors one sixteen to one hundred. They have a few late wins. They had a buzzer beater win against the Nuggets. They blew out the Sixers. They beat the Sixers one twenty two to ninety seven. Um they had a game they had a game winning shot against Detroit and they had a game winning shot the second game of the year against the Knicks. So they've had a few very close wins. I mean, they lost to the Pelicans by two. The others are their losses. They lost to the Rockets by eight, got torched by the Knicks. So but behind, like, Chris LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie, the Nets are actually playing near 500 basketball.
0: Yeah, so that's that, – I, I mean, they need to dig out of that that basement eventually. Now they actually have draft picks.
1: Yeah, but now, of course, that they actually have draft picks or are actually winning games.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: when you look at the West, Warriors 11-2, and two, Steph Curry is injured again. Don't know how long he's going to be out for, but it's the Warriors, dude. They still have Durant. They're still loaded. Um, Trailblazers sitting at second and nine and three. No surprises there. The Spurs, who were supposed to be just this, this was it. Everyone retired. Parker's gone. Ginobili's gone. Kawhi Leonard's gone. They got Demar the Rosen, but the Spurs are seven and four. They they're they're the White Walkers of the NBA, dude. They never die. They never go away, and they're still yeah. there. Yeah. What do you think so far of the LeBron project in LA?
0: Um, I, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, it's definitely LeBron is doing all he can to carry a bunch of scrubs, I uh, like that. That's plain and simple because he is outplaying everyone on that team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I I'm very curious, it's I feel like it's way too early to even like pick, like to say if they're how well they're doing. Like, if they're doing so good or so bad, are they overachieving? Are they overachieving? No. I, I think they should be a playoff team. So you'll have to see how that works out for them. Because um, right now they're in like the tenth spot, which are not getting them into the playoffs.
1: But I feel like LeBron's gonna get them there, though. Yeah, you know, they'll, I, I... they'll definitely come around. And when you're you're looking at the Kings are seven and six overachieving, the Clippers are seven and five overachieving. They'll come back down.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm just thinking like. This this is gonna be I mean it's, it already seems like but this is gonna be a year in the finals where we don't have LeBron and that's in a way a good thing because at least it'll change things up. But now
1: how about the Rockets at four and seven? Carmelo Anthony already have a meeting with the front office because he doesn't like coming off the
0: bench. Uh, that that is strange. They they look like absolute trash when they should
1: because it's not even, like, usually you think the Rockets, it's like, oh, they're scoring 110 and letting up 120 when they lose. They lost 96-89 to the Rockets. I mean, to the Spurs. They are the Rockets. They lost 96-89 to the Spurs. They lost 98-80. They only put up 80 points against the Thunder.
0: It just um, seems they like they're taking... They by
1: the Rockets. Like, they're, they're, they gave up their only real game. You're like, oh, that's just the Rockets... Scoring a lot, but losing is they scored 112 against New Orleans, but gave up 131. Um, it, seems, they, it comes
0: down to no defense, and they're taking bad shots. It yeah, it literally just looks like that.
1: Losing 104, 85 to the Rockets, um, 119, 111. They beat the Nets, but still giving up 111 points to the Nets is, eh, you know, mm-hmm. a little shocking. So, I think they'll f- figure it out. Eventually, but they shouldn't be in a hole at four and seven when you have Chris Paul, Harden, and now. Well, I've never thought Carmelo was that good. I always thought he was good, but I always thought Carmelo was very, very overrated.
0: He's just way past his prime.
1: I mean, he scores 30 points a game, shooting the ball 60 times a night. And I kind of saw that coming. You're putting him on the Rockets with James Harden. Who also shoots the ball sixty times a night. And uh, you're taking out. Yeah, giving the ball to Melo, and for how much especially you're only ten games into the season, and he's already demanding meetings with the front office saying, I need the ball more, I need to play more, I can't I need to start. And all the time that he's chucking up these shots out of his prime, he's taking away shots from Harden, who's an MVP candidate every year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's not surprising to see, but it kind of is because it's like, why are they that bad?
0: Yeah, they're that bad because they just they can't play together. It seems like.
1: And and speaking of uh, draft picks, let's get into our questionable call, Rick. I heard this on the radio the other day. They were talking about um, some stuff with hockey. Obviously, our Devils. We got off to a great start. Now they've been outscored thirteen to three in their last two games. Eh, not too good. Um. My questionable call, they're talking about this on The Fanatic, and I thought it was a very interesting question. We talk a lot about basketball, trust the process, you know, tanking and losing games to get the best draft picks. Does tanking exist in hockey? Like, do Um, you think that tanking and trying to lose games to get the number one overall pick is a thing in hockey?
0: So, I think... Sorry, I think it has existed. Um, it is harder to do, but I mean, you got to think of the '84 draft. '84 drafts, you get Mario Lemieux, because in in '80 in this '83-'84 season, the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Penguins, they get, they threw away everything. It was literally a race to the end versus. Versus the New Jersey Devils to see who would lose more. And they lost, they lost more. And they got their franchise player and led them to two straight Stanley Cups in the early 90s.
1: I mean, the same thing with Sidney Crosby.
0: But then you look yeah. at the
1: Sabres, who have been tanking forever, it seems like. Since like the 90s, since Hachik left. When have they been good? You know, it seems well, like they were always like, oh, we're going to get youth, whatever. We get draft picks. We get draft picks.
0: Well, Buffalo just seems like a sad pit for sports. Like oh, yeah. them and yeah. now Cleveland. Like, I mean, Cleveland is the factory of sadness whenever it comes to sports. But Buffalo is right behind there. I mean, they they had one glory moment. Well, a few glory moments. They, they lost to the Dallas Stars in 99. And going to the football side, they lost four straight Super Bowls, which is, that'll never happen again. No. So, yeah.
1: well, especially, yet alone two straight Super Bowls, yet alone four. Yeah.
0: So, that, that'll never happen again. So, like, I, I can't there imagine
1: is- that. Just imagine watching your team lose four straight Super Bowls.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean,. It's an it's an incredible achievement to make it to the Super Bowl, but to lose them all that's that's kind of crazy. But going back to hockey, there is tanking, but it has to be extreme tanking. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you think you think about it like you you could you could say Buffalo Sabres been tanking, but also at the same time, what are they doing with these draft picks? Maybe they're tanking in the wrong in the wrong year. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, one it has to be strategic. Two, you have to throw away everything. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like they. Like, I know the Pittsburgh Steelers, not Steelers, Penguins, when they when they went for Mario Lemieux, they trade away their captain. They sent their goalie down to the minor league. They sent their goalie down to the minor league and brought up this scrub guy. Oh like, the, the story of them tanking it will is unheard of. Like, I mean, and that, I think that's, it kind of changed, uh, how the draft picks were made after that, because they don't they don't want that. But eventually, a team figure out so figures out a way. So, is there tanking? Yes, but it has to be extreme tanking.
1: Okay, no, th- all right, I can see that. That's definitely a fair
0: opinion. Because I mean, th- in hockey, it is a team sport. Yeah, obviously, all these other teams are team sports. But you think about it. There are four. There are four offensive lines and three defensive lines, and these guys are out there for a minute at a time. Like you have to make sure that on all four of these lines are absolute scrubs, absolute nobodies.
1: Because yeah, they were what, saying what you, the thing is with them. The thing with them with tanking, it's not like the NBA where you can get like. A Zion or a LeBron, and instantly turn your team around. NHL's a sport with eighteen, nineteen players on the ice.
0: Yeah, I mean, so it's fifteen Not minute. Not the quarters.
1: ice, but on the roster.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's fifteen minute quarters. They're playing ten minutes a quarter, so that's forty minutes where the average player, like an average good player in the NHL, is playing like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. So the the ratio there, they're both sixty minute games. The ratio there is is offset because obviously. If a NHL player – if one NHL player was able to play 40 minutes, then you would not be playing that player. Like, if if that player was the good player and you want to keep them so you can tank for a a, – like a generational talent like Mario Lemieux, then yeah, go ahead. Now, people would argue also that the Oilers have been tanking, but they just – they just, they just suck
1: really bad draft picks.
0: <laughs> I mean, their draft picks haven't been able to pan out their last one. Connor. Well, not their last big one. Connor McDavid. Yeah, it's panning out. But I mean, the team around him is complete shit. So and they have no goaltending. That's the thing. Like you need to have no goaltending. Like, I had horrible goalies and make sure all four of those offensive lines, those three defensive lines that they're going to let up. Sh- they're going to left shots and goals. And that's what the Pittsburgh Penguins did in for the '84 draft.
1: All right, definitely I, that was that was an excellent take, Rick. Very, very well done.
0: Yeah,
1: I definitely applaud you there. Good job. Um, so that's Rick's take on our questionable call. Again, you can tell us what you think about this week's questionable call. Does tanking exist in hockey? Um, at wide open underscore sports and Rick, it's been a while. Let's jump back into the final drive. Um i'll start it off um we alluded to it at the beginning of the show the world series commissioner's trophy was broken during the red sox parade because of a flying beer can but it was immediately repaired and is back to normal again but they took a few flags off of it
0: why the hell were that like how how is like beer cans being allowed to throw at the players so they can drink them how was that even like a thing
1: Oh, no, they did it at the Eagles parade, too. Apparently, it's a big thing in Boston. They said it's like the whole tradition is to, like, throw beer cans at the duck boats.
0: Okay, that seems like a pretty ravenous tradition. Uh, next, Michael Thomas gets fined by the NFL for his Joe Thorne TD celebration tribute. And I thought that I, was really funny. I loved it. I loved it. And it was a flip phone, too. It was great. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, it. I was a huge fan.
0: I'm already looking forward for next year because in two of my leagues, Michael Thomas is a free agent, and i going to try to go after him if I can. I mean, I would
1: too. Yeah. Um, last night's contest between the Sacramento Kings and the L.A. Lakers had an unexpected guest. There was smoke in the arena from the local wildfires. So our thoughts and prayers are with everyone affected by the wildfires out in California right now. But the, the, they're so bad, there was smoke in the arena.
0: Yeah, that sucks. I, I mean, just a quick word there. I, uh, I know NFL usually does like a Red Cross thing. Like I, I donated ten dollars. It's just a quick ten dollars. If everyone could donate, because people are still suffering, the fires are still going. There's yeah. forty mile an hour power hour winds today. And it's a year so thing too. And it's forty mile an hour winds today, and it's gonna keep growing. I and mean, it's gonna be hard for them to fight. So
1: thoughts and prayers to all of you in California. Um, what you got next, Rick?
0: Uh, I got Philly Wings, the National Lacrosse League, introduced Wingston, their own mascot, for Philly Pro-Lax team. But the focus of the celebrations was who else but Gritty. Oh,
1: dude, Gritty's everywhere. I love Gritty. Everywhere.
0: He's ugly as hell, but I love Gritty.
1: Um, and sticking with hockey, Keith Kincaid of the New Jersey Devils missed an easy save in their 6-1 loss to the Maple Leafs Friday night. It was a save so easy to make that he missed that the goal scorer, Morgan Riley, apologized for scoring it.
0: Why do you apologize?
1: He literally just skated up was like, sorry. It, it was just such an easy save and Kincaid missed. And it was it was that bad of a miss that even the goal scorer was like, God, dude, that's rough. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Uh, next, J.D. Martinez is the first player in MLB history to win two Silver Slugger awards in the same season.
1: He was so good, he won it twice. He was given two Silver Sluggers. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah, good what for you, for you Julio. Um, a Dutch lower division soccer team hired a stripper to run across the field naked mid-match to distract an opponent.
0: I I, I applaud the strategy. All
1: right, yeah, yeah. That, I I, I, I mean like, that
0: what? that's that's creative. That's creative.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one way to distract because, your opponent.
0: Because uh, they they obviously paid her probably enough to pay her get out of jail uh Pretty fines.
1: Hard. Yeah. And
0: then pay her fines. And then uh last. trending this week which was a great video, a father pushed uh his son who was the goalie in front of a youth soccer shot, made the save but the rebound landed in front of the opponent and he scored anyway. And the reaction dad there just was
1: just walked great. away like what the hell. love that one man parent of the year
0: yeah so that's it for us
1: yeah great to be back with you rick and again you can find us at wide open underscore sports on twitter and don't forget that you can follow us on soundcloud itunes google play and tune in at the wide open sportscast and it's great to be back with every single one of you and don't forget to tell us this week on twitter do you think that tanking exists in Mission accomplished, Rick. I'm Rick. I'm Feds. Have a great night, everybody. Can
0: you believe these guys are our future leaders in America?
1: Thank you so very much for all the
0: appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay class. That's all, folks.